This week on The Outer Twilight, we continue by picking up our conversation with Christy Regal, which began last week, and we continue to talk about fandom, what it's like to go to conventions and other things. Thanks for joining us today here on The Outer Twilight Podcast. Uh, we urge you to join the podcast already in session. And for good or for bad, I wonder whether, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, whether we get as enthusiastic about our fandoms because they we are in a sense, trying to express ourselves through them. Um, like they speak to us in a special mm. way that we hold dear and they are something that's important to us and has had an influence on us. And so when we hear other people speaking yes. about it, there's an enthusiasm. And I feel like the, it's the emotional part where we get hung up, where it's like either we can be excited that someone else is interested in something we're interested in, but we can also get upset that somebody's interested in something for a different reason then it's important to us. Mm. So, you know, like that is, so an example I can give, and, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. An example I can give is the, the prequels for star Wars. Um, so there is, I have found, so, you know, um, when I saw the prequels for me, they didn't even come close to exceeding the originals. Not that I expected them to exceed, but I expected them to be better. And, uh, for in particular episode one, I really, really thought was terrible. And what's interesting is I've read a fair number of articles or seen a fair number of articles lately that speak very fondly, like with fond reminiscence of episodes one, two, and three, particularly episode one. Um, and, you know, and I'm somebody that remembers all the controversy and all, really? you know, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And near as I can tell, a lot of it has to do with something I can't fault, which is nostalgia, where for me, you know, when the mm. prequels came out, that's a bit past my core nostalgic phase where like, I'm, you know, like, and I, I tend to think of it personally as like when you're about from age 10 to age 20. Right. And that's kind of when you see these things that really mm -hmm. stick to you, you love them, you adore them. Yes. There's other things that come along later, but those things really are at their core. And I feel like that's where I'm seeing the reflection that, you know, these prequels are like way better to the, that group where they were kind of in that key frame of like, I was sort of a kid and I saw, it was seeing star Wars on this big screen for the first time for them. Um, and, you know, they'd watched it at home, you know, and it's kind of in that funny period, too, where it's like TVs were still square, uh, you know, like you weren't you were watching it on VHS. So not great quality. Right. So then you right. remember seeing it on the big screen. So I, I just think that, you know, it's right. interesting to me that I go, no, no, you know, like Empire's the the peak. And then, you know, if you can differ on the other, you know, Empire uh, Return of the Jedi and, and New Hope. But, you know. Um, those were much better. Right. And, and it's, it's, I don't think of it as bad. If you want to love episode one, great. I just find it for me. I'm like, I don't get it, but, <laughs> but there, I know there's people though, that would be like, <laughs> what are you nuts? You're an idiot. You don't believe that, you know? And so what, so what are your, yeah. your thoughts or experiences, I guess, on those kinds of things? It depends on, again, mm -hmm. how old the person is and what their kingdom is. So, yeah, there's people who are like, yeah, I watched those, the three, and then I read the books, and I went this direction. And I'm like, okay, you're hardcore into it. That's awesome. Uh, but, you know, then there's the people, yeah, who are younger than us who watched those ones. And then you get, like, my kids. My son's like, mom, you ruined it for me. I'm like, 
Why? You showed it to me in order. One, two, three, four, five, six. You weren't supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to give away the plot that 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 it really was his father. And I'm like, come on, you're a kid and I did this. You had no clue. Why would it make any difference to you? You're a teenager now saying what I shouldn't have done when you were a kid. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have well, done. Well, what's kind of funny, kid. I think, is like, yeah, I think what's funny is that, yeah, I mean, I've dealt with that with my kids too, where it's kind of like, um, and that's maybe a, 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 like we can kind of move a little bit into that too is that being geek parents like because I mean, we have to think that being sort of a fan in this way or being uh you know into things like star wars and superheroes and comics and all that kind of stuff it's really changed in the last 25 to 30 years not just you know oh, since yeah. mcu started yeah. but you know where you know we're having kids uh, as you know people who grew up with Star Wars. you know the 80s is inarguably one of the greatest decades in terms of all entertainment sources and i don't mean that it was all better than it is now and like i long for the old days no nothing like that but it was a time where there was a lot of interesting creative intellectual properties coming out like dungeons and dragons uh you know a, a lot of the superhero stuff uh, you know we're being made into movies for the first time and it's basically where we see most of our creative intellectual properties in terms of movies and tv shows coming from now um yeah and so and all like, the reboots. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, and it's interesting. Well, reboots are like, you know, Transformers. People are, inf- are infuriated by the Transformers movies, but they make billions of dollars, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's how, how do we curate that for our, like, do we curate it for our kids? Do you, you know, I've wrestled with the like, am I forcing my kids to like this? You know, or am I like, you know, because I've shown them a couple movies where I'm like, oh, this is a great movie. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, they're really not into this. <laughs> you know, I know, right? I wish they were right? as enthusiastic as I was about this, but you know, um, yep. but it's just not happening. Like, I hear you. Like, I couldn't get my kids to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I really wanted to show them that series because I thought it was awesome. Nope, wouldn't. Really? Like, my kids will not read Harry Potter. They won't. They watched the movies with me as they came out, but they have not watched it or read it. Since. Never read it. My daughter's like, uh, maybe I should have. Or like my daughter, so she's 20 now and she'll come to me. Shh, she's 20. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> she'll come to me and she'll be, why didn't you ever show me this movie? Because when I first broached it and said, maybe we should watch this, you're like, ugh, whoever wants to watch that. What was the movie? Okay. Do you remember? I or don't at least one remember of them. what some of them were. Like, like she's in her 20s and she has friends who are older and they're like, how come you've never watched this movie if your mom's such a big geek? And I'm like, yeah, I have it on my video shelf. Yeah, I have it in my DVD collection. And uh, yeah, you were never were interested. So, hmm. so it's just kind of like I have my fandoms, but and then my son, he makes fun of me. Oh. Oh, you're doing the thing. You're going to D and D again, or oh, you're playing LARP <laughs> again. So, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Sitting and playing video games. That's your fandom. Well, and okay, I guess that's dude. an interesting thing because potentially we're talking like our kids will be either geeks in different ways, or that's not really their thing. Like fandom isn't really yeah. their like you know. I hate. To, I mean, I guess athletes. And it's funny because, you know, again, partly generational, I think, is like the idea of being like a sports fan is a different mm-hmm. fandom. Like that's mm-hmm. and it's a fandom that's distinctly separate from like geek fandom. Yes. And and yet. Oh, yeah. But it is oh, a fandom yeah. at the same time. Like it totally is. I mean, it's just live sports. That's the, the only difference is the type of content. Um, 
and there is the same nostalgia. Mm. There is the same appreciation for certain players historically, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yes, but oh yes, you're I, right. I can't help but think that newer generations aren't necessarily going to make those distinctions the same way. Um, because mm. now there is a blend, you know, you can find people who are fans of both and it's not a big deal. Like it's not, you know, it's not a huge problem if we're both fans of this, you know, and uh, fans of sports and of certain movie series or whatever, you know, and, but yeah, I've been finding being a, a parent of uh, being a fan parent is interesting because I don't want to like say you have to like this. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I must admit it's a little bit like, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if they don't like it. I'm not going to be disappointed mm. if they don't like it. But, but it has been fun. Like, do your kids, I guess, then have, if they're not sort of, sort of fans of certain things that you've introduced them to, have you found that they have fandoms that are uniquely theirs like stuff you didn't introduce them to that they picked up on that that they bring to you and go i like this and you're like i don't get it <laughs> yeah so yes so what are actually, some of those for you my son so my son who's like i'm not having anything to do with my geek mom and my geek sister so my daughter we jive very well together mm. so she got into things that i like like D and and some of the old like john hughes kinds of movies and stuff like that um but my son's like <laughs> yeah stay away so he got into anime and he really likes <laughs> he got into he likes anime and he likes sports and he likes video games. Mm. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So then when my friends are like, oh, yeah, I love anime. You should watch this, this, and this. So I say to my son, oh, hey, should I watch this one? He's like, oh, why are you watching anime? You shouldn't be watching it. Aren't you too old to watch anime? If you watch anime, like, how am I supposed to keep watching it? Yeah. I know. This is my fandom. Stay out of my fandom. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> really funny. It is. So, like. Oh, it's interesting. But my daughter, she, and then she'll have her own stuff. She starts to watch shows that I'm like, so because I have ADHD and stuff, some things, if I watch them, they stick too deeply in my head and will repeat and repeat and repeat again. Kind of like the movie Memento that's stuck mm-hmm. in my head forever. Because I had to focus really hard to figure out that movie. So like she watched the show Supernatural. Oh, and I'm like, I watched an episode of that. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do that. But she's so she's got her own fandoms and things that she loves that I don't have now. So I'm just like, be free. But don't come back to me and be like, how come you never made me watch this movie? Because you are now your own person to your own <laughs> fandom. Well, I mean, I think, too, like, you know, like when I think of stuff like that, it's like, well, I'll watch it with you. Like, it's not like you know, okay, I didn't show it to you, but if you like it, let's watch it together. Like, I'd love to have that experience with you, you know, like uh, my daughter, she came to me, actually, she came to me when she was like 11 and she's like, can I watch Jaws? I'm like, how do you even know about Jaws? And, and like, Hmm. she's like, oh, I've just heard about Jaws. And so like, I, you know, I'd like to watch Jaws. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I was kind of like, and it'd been a while since I seen it. And I love Jaws. It's great. It's just not one of my particular favorites. But I really enjoy it. And and so she was like, can we watch Can we watch Jaws? And so she basically bugged me for a year to watch Jaws. And oh, I do think part okay. of it is the fact that my wife does not like sharks. And I think part of it was kind of like, and I've heard about this movie because mom has basically said that it scared her. And so I'm curious to see if it would scare me too. It's kind of the, where it came oh, from. Okay. And uh, 
So after a year, I finally relented and was like, well, it's only rated PG, but it's like 1974 PG. So it's like, right, you know, right. so yeah, but I was like, okay, we'll watch it. And I, I told her, like, don't feel like you have to finish this. It's if it's too scary, that's okay. But she got right into it and just loved it. And it's like her favorite movie now. And what's funny is like, really, yeah, a year ago, her teacher is like, what's your favorite movie? And she was like, Jaws. He's like, have you seen Jaws? <laughs> and the guy, the guy went and talked to Candace after it was like. She says she's seen Jaws. Has she seen Jaws? Because there's like smoking, drugs, and like nudity in the first five minutes. And I'm like, somebody hasn't seen Jaws in a while because if it's nudity, you really have to be looking and like have the contrast fixed on your – because it's done very, you know, that's Steven Spielberg. He's never been into that kind of thing anyway. And then as far as smoking pot on the beach, it's implied but never directly said, right? So – Anyway, but so she watched it and she loves it. And she actually likes kind of scarier stuff. And I'm sort of, I came to, I'm a huge horror fan, but that came for me a bit later in life. Um, And she's not watching flat out. There's a lot of stuff I won't let her watch, like slashers and things like that until she's a lot older. But, you know, it's, it's interesting that she came by that fandom. And like she loves like the Meg that came out with Jason Statham that was like about a Meg and Monster. Oh, and, and so like right. so like she kind of likes shark movies, but she likes suspense stuff. And like you know, right. we watched the Wednesday series on Netflix together, and so it's interesting to see. Oh, I love that. It's interesting yeah. to see kids. Uh, Lockwood and Co is another one we tried, and it was fantastic. It was excellent. It was like Ghostbusters oh. crossed with Harry Potter. It was awesome. Um, I heard it was good. And she really yeah. loves that kind of stuff. So having your kids get into their own fandoms is really cool. It's just, I find it weird as a fan parent, the way influences work. Like it's more like you've encouraged them to enjoy what they enjoy. If you've done it right, rather than insisting they enjoy Mm. what you enjoy, which, you know, it's a subtle difference, but yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not my fandoms, it's theirs. Well, I think sometimes my son does other things despite me. He's like, why are you watching that? If I'm watching, when I was watching Wednesday on Netflix, are you supposed to be watching that? Turn it off. Why are you watching Wednesday? <laughs> you should have been like, go to your Dude. room, Grandpa. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I can watch this if I want. It's a boat. It's a teenager I'm show. I'm an You're adult, not damn like it. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can watch whatever I want. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, well, I, 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 I do think kids try to figure so. out. I do think kids try to figure out like what is mine, what is my parents, what is like. There's mm-hmm. a lot more line drawing before they get old yes. enough to realize that the lines get pretty blurry as you get older, <laughs> right? So, okay, well then, let me ask this: with your own parents, what was your experience like? Um, like I'm going to guess Christy that with your parents, you didn't get any of your fandom from them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom's like, why do my children both like D and D? My, my brother and I, my other ones don't. She's like, what did I do to make these geek kids? <laughs> so I know for me, it's like, I, yeah. like I got a love of Star Trek and stuff like that from my from my parents, like they they watched mm-hmm. the original series oh, yeah, all the time, and 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 my mom loved horror flicks. Um, yeah. I don't know oh, why yeah. I don't get it, and then so like I when I was way too young, like I saw like, for those Friday listening, the that's H O R R O R, not W H O R E. Anyway, because <laughs> um, you know that uh, yeah, would have had yeah, to. that's that's what I meant. <laughs> Mom always got um, the scary movies from the curtain area in this video store. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so sorry. I was exposed to those things, but you know, and so I think exposed. <laughs> And it's then that the podcast went off the rails. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we're so we're back to the flash, are we? Um, but <laughs> so I got science science fiction, scary movies, and stuff like that. Like I got, I got that from my mom in that from from the movie perspective. But but like she read exclusively Harlequin romance, you know. So I didn't, I didn't go there or anything like that. It was. For me, it was when I was in junior high, actually, I guess grade six, my, my teacher, he had, he gave us this big list of, okay, here's books that you should read. And, you know, and so like I had like Anna Green Gables, I read that, I fell in love with Anna Green Gables, but he had a lot of science fiction and fantasy on there. And it was, but when I, so I was starting to get exposed to it, but like, I read a lot of science fiction, like Arthur C. Clarke, I read in the hard sci-fi kind of stuff and, and absolutely loved it. But Ooh. it was in, in grade eight, I had a friend who introduced me to two things. One was, well, actually three things, I guess. Introduced me to comic books. He gave me Excalibur number four or whatever. Fell in love with comic books. And that was the first comic book I ever read. He gave me um, Dragonlance, which was a fantasy novel. And no, it's not the greatest book that's ever written, but in my memory, mm. it f- it's the greatest feeling book because it was my first exposure to it. And it was just right into my wheelhouse. And he introduced me to D&D. Nostalgia. Yeah, that nostalgia right? and he is a introduced- factor, right? Yeah. And so those those three things really like like the ingredients were there. They came through different things, but it was my peer group that really cemented those in for me and, and has been the foundation for the, for the rest of my life. And, you know, and, and I think back to even like with, with Andrew and my relationship where, yeah, we're, when we're at school, we're really good friends. You know, he was the best man at my wedding and then, you know, life put us in. (laughs) He was my second best friend in my life. And, you know, and he, but life took us in different directions and, you know, and so we lost touch for the most part. And it was those things that we had in common back then that brought us back together and erased all the years that was in between. And I think that th- that's a core part of the f- of fandom is that, like for us, it was, you know, going back to stuff, shared experiences that, you know, we talk about school, we can mention different things and, you know, it's instantly you're, you're back, you're together, you have that shared experience. You know, you, you guys talked about those experiences where you meet a total stranger, but, you know, there's this, this, this fandom that you share and it, and it has this power to, 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 to cross, cross oceans of time to bring you back together. Right. And, and creates this connection. And and I think part of the hatred comes from people who don't have it. They don't have it. They don't know how to experience it and they get jealous. Um, but it, 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 it bridges this gap for people, whether it was 10 years ago or you've never met before it, it creates that. And, and not having it, I think people get so jealous of it that, they creates this hatred for it and that, or their experience is different 
And so they want to push back against what they don't feel or what they don't understand. Um, now, we can come back to that point, but I, I, I keep wanting to bring this back to Christy just because um, just feel really blessed to have this conversation with you and to be able to have you Thanks. with us here. I don't know. Um, I think she should be our new third host, but, you know, <laughs> this is fun. This is very fun for you. Um, like you said, your parents, you didn't, you didn't get it from your parents. Where did your, your fandom, where did, um, your geekery come from? Do you know? Uh, okay. Let me think about this. So my mom loves movies and so she used to i heard in some of your previous episodes you're talking about andrew about getting the vcr and that used to be the thing right they would get the vcr on weekends i'd have to babysit my younger siblings but but we got to a vhs with a vcr that we rented for the weekend oh good so and they would watch all the movies with me spending the time and especially the musicals mm. and especially like the Disney ones and the romance ones. And I remember going to Beauty and the Beast and just being like, whoa, talk about nostalgia and being knocked off your feet. Like, yes, I was like into my teens then and I think in high school, but I just couldn't mm -hmm. believe how amazing it was. Well, that's because it is the and best so, movie ever, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't argue with that. So I came into the geekdoms through, um, I've always loved stories. I've always was an avid reader. Never really read fantasy and stuff, but I like story tales. I like fairy tales. I liked like the whole happily ever after. And that you get in the musicals and you get in these, these big old fashioned movies. And that, happily ever after and of the fairy tales led me into like fantasy like i really like how fantasy has that same kind of fairy tale feel and genre whatever about it and then mm -hmm. also because i like science too then i was led over to science fiction and stuff i never got mm -hmm. into the hardcore stuff of like the dungeons and like the dragons and all those things but as long as it had an amazing story and as long as it had like a hint of romance into it, I was all over it, you know, as long as it. So what would be like, what would be like some of your very, like, I would say nostalgic series. Well, and I guess, you know, bringing if you could bring in the parent element too, I guess, did your parents, did you hide it from your parents? Did they know about it and were frustrated by it? Or like, how did that all work? Well, they didn't. They just knew I was an avid reader. So I think most right. of mine, like I didn't read comics. I think most of mine was just in reading books um, right. and then watching the movies. They went with it and then finding out, oh, this is a thing. You can watch this. So like <laughs> when I when I think of things, like some of the ones that I think of are like, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. But then I I think of like some of the other movies. I like. I just kept on being drawn into like all of like the Marvel Universe ones that we now watch. Or like this, mm -hmm. I remember watching um, Star Wars because I really liked Leia in it. And I really liked the story of Star Wars. Um, and I remember staying up all night with my brothers and we were, my parents were gone and I was babysitting again and we were watch. we mm -hmm. had all of them. And I remember it was the first time I almost pulled an all-nighter 
I was in junior high. <laughs> you watched them all. I watched mm. them all. And I couldn't stop, you know? Like, I'd never seen it on the mm-hmm. big screen, but on the on the VCR, I was like, oh, what is this story? So, like, those things, a good story pulled me, always would pull me in. That's what pulled me into Harry Potter. And I'm like, oh, this is a good story. And I'm like, it reminds me of James and the Giant Peach. Reminds me of the underdog who finds Mm -hmm. a home, who finds a place and finds love and friends. And, and like those, Mm. so I can't, I don't even remember what some of them were as long as they were a story that just yanked on me, that did it Mm -hmm. for me. Mm. But nowadays I like the ones that are like more, I like more science fiction more than I did then because I like, Mm -hmm. I like I don't want to cry. <laughs> I cry mm. too easily. So I like like the action ones and they kind of grab my attention. So, but yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I find I'm in a little bit of an easier cry now than I used to be. Uh, yep. So I'm almost kind of the reverse of you. I tend to be like, like I got into a lot of like, you know, sort of the hardcore sci-fi, the more like outlandish, the better I, I would say. Well, not outlandish, the more thought provoking, the better mm. I would say. But then, like, lately, it's been, like, I'm a sucker for something a little more, uh, with a little more melodrama to it. Mm. And, like, you know, like, it, it's good to have those emotions. And, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it, I think, it. so did you watch movies with your, like, you mentioned that you watched them, like, when you were babysitting and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have, like, did you watch movies as a family? A yeah, lot? we would. Well, my mom, she would get us to watch <laughs> movies. And that was a really special thing, is if we got to go... Mm as a family to the theater. So we would go like on Christmas break mm-hmm. or we would go at one on the summertime and we'd always pick like mm-hmm. a really good thing. Still to this day, my mom will take her grandkids. She'll take like the whole family and we'll go and see a really good one. She hates watching mm. animal movies. So like babe, she tolerated. <laughs> she won't watch those. And she says she's not really into sci-fi or fantasy, but she'll watch a movie with her family and I love those times. So I guess the nostalgia for me then came to it was family time and it was right. being together time and getting popcorn and and then we could talk about it and just hang out. Like it was those special moments. Mm-hmm. And then segueing into, well, what do I like and what am I gonna do with my kids? And yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how how I ended up so heavily and I just I love fairy tales is I think what it is. And I think that's well, why I started like yeah. Doctor Who too. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is cool. This is a really good yeah. story. This is just like, Oh, and it makes me jump. And Oh, it has my, with ADHD to have something to really grab your attention for that long. It's like, Woo-hoo! it's firing all the dopamine in my head, you know? Well, and Doctor Who is really fun because it takes out what I like about Doctor Who. For one thing, it's, been running for over 50 years so it's got a lot there but what i like about doctor who is science fiction is that it cuts out the mundane stuff Mm. so like the sonic screwdriver is a plot device basically where it's like rather than screwing around with trying to figure out how he's going to unlock this door which could take five to ten minutes of storytelling time let's just let him unlock the door and move on to the story yes right and and I, i like and there's a few mechanisms that way like the tardis itself right you can go anytime anywhere and so then the stories can be anytime, anywhere. Hmm. Um, 
And that's just so cool. But I do think that like family, like uh, we, in our family and on Friday nights, we, we order in and watch a movie. That's been our thing since the kids were really, really little. Nice. And that's kind of our, and I know Mike, you, you, you guys watch hockey games together, right? Yeah, it, it's a source of bitterness and unhappiness <laughs> these days. But yeah, it's uh, but we still do it because it's you know you know when it's going to happen, and you know today like we we watch for me I I'm finding that I have less and less interest in the game, but it's more so. I get to sit beside my wife mm. on the couch and it's the one of the few things, you know, that we, we will make it, you know, I, I don't want to use this word, but I will, you know, it's, it's a sacred time, you know, to be able to do that. And, uh, but like even today, like we watched the game today, we, we waited to start the game until, uh, Georgia got home and, but then Noah and I, we do Minecraft while we watch the game. And so we have, you know, this, this shared layered, um, experience with it but yeah yeah but it is something that we do as a family family rituals are a big part of being i think holding on to that positivity of fandom i think is a big part of i mean Mm. as we've been talking i've been wondering how many people who are feeling embittered or you know like uh fall into that gatekeeping category how many of them are being fans on their own um Mm. and maybe not having like it's hard to say. I mean, cause I'm not those people. I have friends around me who I cherish, who are geeks, who like to talk this stuff, who, you know, could do endlessly doing. And I wonder how many, how many of those, you know, don't have someone warriors, to share it with, right. Or bitter and angry because they don't have people that they just enjoy just shooting the breeze. Right. And I mean, a big part of friendship too. And a big part of fandom is kind of razzing each other for the things that you like and don't like and like, or, you know, teasing, you know, like whether it's everything from like, you know, the crush you had as a teenager to, you know, the, the, the movie that, you know, everybody has a movie that they love that other people are just like, how, how, how do you love that movie? That movie is objectively awful. Right. (laughs) And you rip on each other and you make fun of each other. And it's like, it's all in good fun. And we understand that it's okay to have that diversity of opinion. It's okay to have that diversity of, of perspectives because like, I'm a fan of a lot of things, but you got, and some of them are the same as both of you. And a lot of them are different. And yet, like, I won't touch horror. I can't. So, right. Yeah. And right. And, and I mean, well, and and there's, and that's the thing too, is there's a spectrum for everything is that you won't touch horror. Mm -hmm. There's people that are like, depends what it is. There's people who are like, you know, certain decade. Right. You know, and that's for every genre, every, you know, every genre, every fandom has those kinds of fans. There's like casual fans who are like, yeah, it's fun. I I mean, I'll watch if it's on. And there's people that are fanatics about it. But I wonder how many of the ones that are like really Mm -hmm. are are more their fandom is conspiracy (laughs) as opposed to as opposed to like their fandom is really those kinds of things, because there is so much of that, you know trying to that the the political component gets brought in so quickly of trying to go woke, trying to do all these things. It's like, well, how much of this is your fandom for that topic? And how much of it is a fandom for your politics? And how many people do you have around you that disagree with you? How many people do you have that you just have fun with? Um, I guess for me, like getting mad about Marvel, for example, or, or feeling like you're going to spend 
you know, days on end whining on the Rotten Tomatoes Facebook page about certain movies and stuff. It's like, why do you do this? Why, why do you like this? Yeah. Yeah. So were you going to say something, Christy? Yeah, I, sorry. I have a really bad habit of talking over people. Oh, that's sorry. okay. I do that all the time. Um, sorry, what were you saying? So what it, Please go ahead. What it reminds <laughs> me. <laughs> sorry, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, what were you saying? What? what? No, it, it reminds me of, um, like, so we all want to be talk- connected. And we all want to uh, find people who have similarities. But it kind of reminds me of a toddler who, if they're not going to get positive attention, they're going to pull the cat's tail and they're going to get that negative attention, you know? So, like, if you're not going to get that positive connection with people, maybe in a fandom or in your life and you're behind a keyboard without people, maybe you're going to get that negative attention and feel like the same kind of uh, the feeling stuff that you get when you get the negative. Oh, you've gotten all this attention from bad attention well and it raises a good point because i really honestly don't and i mean like you know i like psychology sociology and that kind of stuff. i really don't understand mm-hmm. what a person seeks to maybe it doesn't get that far consciously i don't understand what a person seeks to gain from whinging basically right from having that that that's what i did today right or, or at least that's part of mm-hmm. what i did today and you know i i don't because to be honest, I mean, when I look at all the movies I love and all the shows I have, I want to watch and all the old movies that I want to rewatch and all that kind of stuff. I don't have time. Like if I don't like it, I'm not watching it. Mm. So yep. why get mad about it? So like, if I like it, I'm going to go see it. So like why, you know, I, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Go ahead. So partially, I think it's, they find a community of people who don't like it. Right. So, you know, we talk about, with politics, like the self-validating response, yeah, yeah. you find a community of people who hate it too. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. will uh, give you that feedback of, yeah, this is awful. Oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Somebody else thinks the same as me. So you get like... They um, whip each other up What do you way. call that? They do. And the, the self-conspiring the bias. That's exactly it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you find other people who have the same conspiracy or the same thing as you. It also gives you a sense of... Um, I can't think of the word, but like, I'm better than you. Yeah. Like I, I don't like this because I'm, because I'm a higher being. I, I, I know better things than you. And if you don't like, if you like this thing, well, I am actually better than you because, because I have. Well, yeah, it's like a superiority. I know so much more. Yeah. It's like aware. a superiority yeah, right? kind of thing is built into part of what they want that validation for is that I'm. Yes. I'm thinking at a higher level than others. Although I don't really yeah. know how you would actually gauge that without really just making it up in your head. Um, yes. But, but no, but then you found people that think the same thing as you. I mean, so we actually must be right. And we're fighting against the man, not even we're fighting <laughs> against uphill against society. So well, not only have I found a community of people who think like me, I'm better than other people and I'm sticking it to the man, yeah. you know, like it feels so good. Well, flat oh, earthers have friends let me around like the globe. what I like. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually that was actually a, it was a 
a meme about That's a flat so earther bad. convention and it's like come and meet people who think like you from around the globe and the comment first comment underneath was read that back slowly um yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i i think oh, that when we when we try to be uplifting about how other people feel about their family, I think a big part of it's empathy too, is that realizing that we've all felt alone in our, and I do think that there's a selfishness with the negative component of, I need to feel validated. I need to feel uplifted, but I don't give a crap if anybody else does. Whereas I think like at comic cons and, and my experience with comic cons is mostly through friends. Like I've only, I was at a comic con to go to a weird Al concert like a few years ago in Calgary, but, um, but the whole thing with like cosplay and stuff like that is the idea that you are being brave in a group of other people who also know they're being brave and are, you're putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. And there's such a positive empathetic component to that, that we all really need, especially in this day and age. Um, and this would be a great point for you to talk about, like your experience. Mm. Like, and I get, it's probably a bit middling, right? There's, cause I think mm. that for everybody that's like, that's awesome. There's somebody that's like, mm-hmm. you know, go home. You know, like, I'm sure that's there must exactly be. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yep. You, you, get you both. can't pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So you oh, get, yeah? you get yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, right you want to see this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, please put it back. Put it back. <laughs> I think it would be guys that would be more prone to doing that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen both. Like I see in cosplay, uh, loving your fandom. I've seen people who will wear what they want to wear. Uh, whether they're the right, the body, not right body type, but whether the body type of their character or not, they'll wear it and they'll do it. And then there's some people are like, that is awesome. That is bold of you. Great job. But then, yeah, for the same people to be like, you're letting, you're wearing that. Yeah. I don't think that a storm was a size 2X, you know? So like you get both. And then even for the same cosplay, they will have official cosplayers who have the calendars and they will have guys who, yeah, it becomes like you become an item and you become a, it's, they are not you become looking an object. at those pictures. Yes. They're not looking at those pictures because they think she's doing an awesome cosplay. I'll tell you that. So I, I, don't, I like, don't get it. What do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. I, I do understand. Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Not, not, if you, you're not old enough to know yet, Andrew. You're not, you're, yeah. Yeah, Comic Con. We'll the only place later. where there's a long lineup to the bathroom at the men's room. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There, oh, yeah. No, so, I, yeah, you get both. You get affirming with everything. All these fandoms we've talked about, you get the affirmations, but you also get the haters and all these. So, what do you listen to? Where do you, do you let it limit you? And what you want to do. I think just being willing to do it though, is a victory in a lot, in most ways, you know, like I really can't think of a downside. Like if you're willing to go knowing that that's what's there and you still do it, I think that's Mm -hmm. awesome because there's kind of a, a bit of a middle finger aspect there to sort of say like, what, this isn't like my first rodeo, you know, well, in Calgary, that's true. But, um, like it's not (laughs) your, it's not your first time most often right i mean for every cosplayer it's one is their first time but you know i mean it's such a neat experience i think to be able to see those things and to have the experience like you had of meeting another fan and i have to think that for all of the good i mean the bad is often what hits us harder but 
so many of those experiences, like I know for myself, it would only take one or two of those really positive experiences to mm-hmm. kind of be like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't tried. So, you know, and I'm hopeful that, you know, people see it that way. But I mean, you're right. There is sort of a lasciviousness to some cosplay. So just as much as we, you may hear conversations about the negative components of body image in cosplay, there's also a sort of the, the other side of that same coin of objectifying, you know, I mean, in, in a sense, both are objectifying. There's negative objectification mm-hmm. and there's positive objectification. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's interesting then to, it, it just also baffles me that the complete strangers would be willing to be so dickish about. <laughs> oh, people are, people are the worst sometimes. Well, I mean, and again, yeah. I mean, there is a large group of fandom that a group of geeks that are like not known for their social graces either. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. It's yeah. So have you ever well, imagine these are the same. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I imagine these are the same guys who will watch a comic book movie and say, that's not exactly the, that's not how She-Hulk really is. You know, that's not how the character is like, well, actually, that is exactly how She-Hulk actually is in the comic books. You just, you've never read that. You just have this idealized version of what you want it to be. And it's. Uh, he doesn't talk so much when I'm having private time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, you're not old enough yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but, well, I think there is an aspect of that. That's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I make light of it, I guess, just because I, I really don't think that it's good to give positive attention in any direction to that kind of behavior. Like, I think that, no, I think that, we in society in general are so lacking in empathy. And and yet I see such opportunity in geekdom to be empathetic, to be supportive, to find the, find the people that love things the way that you love them, not that Mm -hmm. hate them the same way as you. That's because then I guess I don't really get, I I guess why do it then? And like you were saying, yeah, you find like-minded people that sort of give you encouragement in the wrong direction. But again, it's you're, hate as we have learned from yoda hate just leads to the dark side it doesn't do anything positive for you it doesn't lift you up it doesn't make you feel good right um and shouldn't we after all the crap we've collectively been through in the last few years shouldn't we be seeking to do that primarily rather than the other way around than trying to drag other people down in order to lift ourselves up i don't know but um, I think it just creates more opportunity for us to to support one another and to love what we love. And what I love yep. is having this conversation. And uh, I hope that we can have another conversation sometime. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. So thank you, Christy, for joining us and uh, mm-hmm. sharing your time, but also your experiences with us. And um, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me. What? And we'd love to have you back. And so, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you for listening. All you listeners, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment, tell us off, hate us, gather your friends and speak out against us. And then all the positive things, please. Yes. Well, oh, for sure. Give us all the positive stuff. It's just, 
you know, if you want to give us a bunch of negative stuff, we can take it because, frankly, we won't read it. Um, anyway, have a well, great you know, Andrew, night. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, you know what? If if they really, truly hate us, they would go through and they would watch and listen to every episode that we've had and leave comments about how much they hate it and then watch it again and then watch it again and tell all their friends to come out and watch it and listen to everything that we've done That's true. so they can find out how horrible we are. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. And I'll cry myself to sleep on my huge pillow. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we will talk uh, again soon. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thank you.